Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Flyers Daily for Tuesday, March 29th, as the Flyers will wrap up a five-game road trip tonight in Minnesota to take on the Wild. Boy, the Wild are playing great of late since the trade deadline. Really 8-1-1 in their last 10 games. They're sitting in the second spot in the Central Division of the Western Conference. How about this record? Through 64 games, a record of 40-20-4, and 84 points on the season. Like I said, 8-1-1 in their last 10. They're 23-7-1 at home, and they've won six straight games. Matter of fact, they've won their last three by identical scores all in overtime. 3-2 for all three of those games, including the last one, which is a 3-2 overtime win over the Colorado Avalanche. Cam Talbot had 40 saves on 42 shots in that game. Prior to that, they beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 3-2 in overtime. Marc-Andre Fleury got the start in that game. And they beat the Vancouver Canucks the game prior to that 3-2, also in overtime. Cam Talbot played that one back on March 24th. And the other three games before uh, to complete the six-game win streak, they beat Vegas 3-0, they beat Chicago 3-1, and they beat Boston 4-2. And Bill Guerin made some tweaks to this team, bringing in Delarier, obviously bringing in Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, to the Minnesota Wild, and they're a team, to me, that's got a ton of almost throwback personality. You know, Bill Guerin goes in there and takes that GM job after Paul Fenton gets let go. Um, it brings over Kirill Kaprizov, who's been great. He's got 81 points in 63 games. He's got Matt Zuccarello. He's got Kevin Fiala, who had the game winner the other night against uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Ryan Hartman's got 27 goals on the year. A good team and a team that... It's going to be a really tough out in the playoffs. I don't know that they're going to the Stanley Cup final, uh, but this Minnesota Wild team has got a ton of character, a ton of personality, and a lot of grit. They're going to be a tough out in the playoffs, especially in a seven-game series. And when you look at what they do well, well, they score. They're fourth in the NHL in scoring at 3.63 goals per game. Again, look at their lineup. Other than Kaprizov, there's no massive heavy hitters, superstar players in that lineup. They're not littered with a bunch of guys that are, are going to put up 40 goals, but they're fourth in scoring in the NHL, 3.63 goals per game. The only teams are behind, Toronto, Colorado, and Florida. When it comes to goals allowed, this is an area where they can be a little tighter and they're going to need to be a little tighter come playoff time. And it'll be interesting to see what the decision is on what goaltender they're going to go with. Cam Talbot was a star of the week. Again, 42 saves on 42 shots against Colorado. Uh, but they did trade for Marc-Andre Fleury. And I don't know that that was just a depth move. They give up the 14th most goals in the NHL per game at 3.09. Power play percentage is 20.3%. And that has them right at 19th in the NHL. PK, however, for the Wild has not been great. 76.2% on the PK. That's 23rd in the league. We've talked about some other teams in other episodes, like St. Louis, who's really good at special teams, good on the power play, good on the penalty kill. We talk about a team like Calgary that's got good special teams. You got a team like Carolina who's really good on special teams. Those teams, I think, have a better chance to go on a run in the playoffs. It's the one thing I worry about with Minnesota. Power play not great, 19th. PK worse. 23rd in the NHL. So we'll see how that plays out uh, throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. So Flyers and Wild tonight wrap up a five-game road trip, and the Flyers will be back home on Saturday when they take on the Toronto Maple Leafs at Wells Fargo Center, 
And then it's a two games uh, back-to-back on the weekend, Saturday against Toronto, and then Sunday against the New York Rangers up at the Garden. And then they'll play Tuesday, April 5th at Wells Fargo Center. So it'll be three games in four days, and that game on Tuesday, April 5th, will also kick off a home-and-home with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And we're into the month of April and the final month of the season. 15 games in the month of April, one left here in the month of March, coming up tonight against the Minnesota Wild. Now, one of the things I want to talk about in this episode was first to give credit to uh, Broad Street Hockey and Kelly Hinkle. Uh, she did this article because Kimo Timonen, former Flyer defenseman, uh, appeared on a podcast. And he does this weekly podcast called Kamancha. I hope I'm saying it right. It's a Finnish podcast. And he appears on it and talks about, you know, his thoughts on hockey and international hockey and Finnish hockey and obviously the Flyers. And we saw some opinionated tweets uh, by Kimo recently on the Flyers situation as well. But there's a couple things in this article that I wanted to kind of dive into that he talked about because I thought it was really interesting what he had to say. And, you know, kind of for the record, Kimo was a guy that I never really connected with off the air or on the air. I didn't interview him a tremendous amount. Some players, and there's few of them, um, don't like to be interviewed at the intermission. He was always good to do it post-game, but during intermissions off ice, you know, Kimo was one of those guys that wanted to get back to the room, go through his routine and his ritual. I totally respect it. I'm totally fine with it. Um, there's been a few other guys that are like that. Ivan Provorov's like that. He does not do intermissions as well. And some guys just, they want to stick to their routine when they're within the confines of a game. Um, but, you know, in talking to Kimo over the years, uh, he's always been an incredibly straight shooter, a total pro, great guy, and a really good player. And I think his opinions are valid, and they carry some weight. So he was talking about the Flyers and everything kind of going around at the deadline. And, you know, with at the time when they recorded this, there was 19 games left, and he wants to see the young guys, young guys play, like Cam York, who said he's a young defenseman. And a couple of games ago, Keith Yandel was playing on the power play before him. What sense does that make? And, you know, it'll be interesting to see as, you know, we now have the college players signing, whether that's Noah Cates. And it looks like Ronnie Adderd's going to sign here in the next day or so. Maybe even when you hear this, he will have signed. Uh, but Kimo said that now that we're no longer in playoff contention, meeting the Flyers, he said, let these young guys play in the games remaining. And he said, I'm not only talking about Cam York. They have others, forwards. They should put them in different roles, like put Cam York on the penalty kill. Match him against elite players so you get some idea of what Cam York can do. And at the same time, the players can see where they are at on the NHL level, what they need to develop. He said the Flyers should use 19 games as evaluation to see where they are as an organization what kind of players they have picked, and how those players are doing on the NHL level because it's a fact there's work to do and there's a lot of it. And I love the way he kind of put this because, you know, you put players like Cam York and maybe he's not going to be an NHL penalty killer, but put him out there now and put him in the penalty kill. And he has killed a little bit of penalties lately, but you get a look at where he is for your own knowledge, for organizational knowledge. But I think just as important as, as that element of it is for the players to gain the knowledge of what it takes to do those certain things, whether it's penalty kill, whether it's power play, whether it's handle a heavier workload minutes-wise, whether for Cam York it's playing on a top pair and having to deal with the opposition's top line. 
it's it's a way for them to gain knowledge of what it takes to be successful, not only at the NHL level, but in a significant role at the NHL level. And I think that knowledge can take you into an offseason and help you prepare better going forward, knowing what it's like to be in that situation and how to prepare for it and what you know, what elements, it really sharpens your focus on what you need to get better at. And it sharpens your focus on what to work on that summer, what to get better at. And I think that's a really important point that Kimo made. He also talked about, you know, the Claude Giroux deal and uh, the Flyers sending him to Florida. And Kimo played with Claude Giroux. And he talked about, you know, being with Claude after his 1,000th game, his final game as a Flyer. And I thought this part really popped out to me as well uh, because it's a peek into the person of Claude Giroux more so than just the hockey player and what that must have been like for him going through to make this decision to decide to waive his no-move clause and then, boom, uh, you play your thousandth game, all the pomp and circumstance that comes with it, and then you're traded. Here's what Kimo had to say. He said that, his co-host said, let's talk about the East. And he said, well, this Florida team is, Bill Zito did an excellent job strengthening his team. Of course, local Claude Giroux, a big goal achieved with his 1,000th game. And we went to grab beers after the 1,000th game. He said it was tough on Claude. He was still crying heavily while we were drinking. He was sorry to leave. And he probably never wanted to leave Philly. But that's just how it goes. It's business, the other side of hockey. And when the team isn't in the playoffs and there's no hope, they start trading the big names, trying to get picks. And Claude Giroux got to experience that, and it was tough on him. And I remember when I talked to Claude, this is before he got traded, a couple of days before, probably uh, the Tuesday before his 1,000th game, which was that Thursday night, so March 15th-ish. And the word he had used with me is, I'm really conflicted. And you could see it. It was written on his face that he was conflicted. He didn't want to leave, but he knew the situation and knew he, you know, you don't get many chances to chase that big shiny cup and he had to do it. Um, but, you know, hearing that, that, you know, Claw was that, you know, broken up after, I mean, it's sudden. You, you have the thousandth game and you're just overwhelmed by the adulation that you get and the, and the honor and the intensity of it. And then, you know, when it's, when that game's over, that you just played not only your thousandth game, but you played your last game as a member of the Flyers. And he's played, you know, all four years, all 14 years in this one organization. It's all he's known as a professional. So I think that that, that was great insight there from Chemo as well. And the last thing I wanted to mention was, you know, he's talking about Kevin Hayes and the injuries that he went through and, and guys that are injured, whether that's Ryan Ellis, Sean Couturier, and Kevin Hayes. He said Kevin Hayes has had, uh, like you said, his brother passed away and has had two or three abdomen surgeries within a year. He said, as a retired player, I know that once you start opening up those places in the groin and abdomen, they can fix it, but will it, will it ever return to the level where you were? Only time will tell. And what I'm also kind of worried about with the flyer situation is that everyone who should be carrying the team from now on, they're out. Ryan Ellis, Couturier, and Hayes, he's back but those kinds of players. So I'm a little worried going forward. We need to make better picks, get better young players, but all these key players have been more or less out all season. And I think it's another really interesting point because, you know, abdominal injuries 
are tricky. And it's not a question of playing through pain. You're, when you have an abdominal injury, it just doesn't let your body push through the pain to get the same exertion levels and torque and explosiveness and all of those things that you need to be a successful NHL player. It's not a question of pushing through and a pain threshold. It's a question of strength in those areas as well. And that is something that is a concern going forward. You know, with Ryan Ellis, Sean Couturier, who had the back surgery, we're still waiting to see what the treatment plan will be for Ryan Ellis. It's, I mean, the, the guy hasn't played in forever. Um, I'm not sure when they'll make that decision, but hopefully we'll hear something about it very soon. And for Kevin Hayes, that's why it's been such great news to see how he's played in, in the now 12 games since he's returned. He looks like the Kevin Hayes of 1920 before both of those abdomen surgeries. He had the two surgeries, the one at the end of last season, at the end of 2021 season, and then he had the second one right before training camp or right as training camp started. And then the third one, I think, was in December. And that was not a surgery, not a repair. That was just to deal with the infection that can happen when you have a, a surgery in that area as well. Now, Claude Giroux was a player that also dealt with a double abdomen surgery. And he had that 58-point season, had the, the, the double abdomen surgery the season prior to that. And had a hard time really breaking down the scar tissue, getting his strength back in that area. And then that next offseason, after the 58-point season, he was able to train properly. The scar tissue was broken down and prepare for a hockey season as opposed to rehab. And he came back with 34 goals and 102 points, the highest of his NHL career. So there is another side to that. And that wasn't that long ago. He was 30 when that happened. So um, we'll see how it goes for Kevin Hayes. But great insight from Kimo Tiemann. Always love hearing uh, from a player like Tiemann, who was a really cerebral player as well. And uh, uh, great stuff from uh, Kelly and uh, the crew over at Broad Street Hockey uh, for finding that audio, uh, getting someone to translate that audio, and for getting it out there, because I think it's uh, a really good insight uh, from Kimo Tiemann. So good work. Stick taps uh, to everyone all around. Uh, but that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. We'll be back tomorrow with another brand new one. Uh, we'll break down the Flyers and the Minnesota Wild game tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily. Have a great day, everybody.